0: Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen ascension often feels like the poor cousin among the church festivals and given the church attendance i would say that's probably an accurate assessment it's often overlooked and passed over without being missed there are few congregations which will attempt to worship today. Some congregations will observe the Ascension this coming Sunday, but in doing so, they bump the Sunday after the Ascension off the calendar. Most, I suspect, will not worship or celebrate the Ascension of our Lord at all. Now that seems like a very poor treatment for one of the feasts of our Lord, an event that is narrated twice by Luke, both at the end of Acts and at the beginning of. Um, sorry, at the end of Luke and the beginning of Acts, and which made it it made special is made mention of in our creed. Maybe we just don't like goodbyes, and that's why, and we don't know precisely how to celebrate it. I mean, we understand how to celebrate Good Friday, Jesus' sacrificial atoning death for the salvation of the world and we know why we celebrate Easter because of Jesus' resurrection the tomb is empty death is defeated he is risen indeed Hallelujah! but the ascension day there are no ascension day parades there are no special ascension day sales at the mall Nobody has ever once said to me, sorry, pastor, we can't come to church because we always go to grandma's house for the ascension. So compared to Christmas and Easter, ascension doesn't seem to be very important in our minds. So the sermon for tonight is going to ask, what does the ascension mean and why is it important? Now, Luke describes in our second reading Jesus going up from earth into heaven at the beginning of Acts. We call this the ascension. It's summarized in the Apostles' Creed. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Now, the ascension is not a return to the way things were before, the world has changed because now Jesus is enthroned as Lord. The ascension is essentially Christ's coronation. When a king is crowned, he he already has the power and authority of, of the king by virtue of his descent. Let me tell you what I mean. The very moment Queen Elizabeth dies... Charles is already the king. Even before his coronation. Right? What's the old saying? The king is dead. Long live the king. Right? That's, that's the old saying. So, the coronation it, or, is an inauguration. It's a public ceremony that certifies that he is entering into the exercise of his office. Follow me? So, Jesus' ascension into heaven is his coronation. It is his publicly being certified that he has that exalted status, that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The ascension proclaims that Jesus Christ rules and reigns over all things. The feast of the ascension is the celebration of Christ's reign now, the same Jesus who was born of the Virgin Mary, nailed to the cross, raised from the dead, has returned to heaven, to his throne, to sit and reign. And now he reigns over all things. Christ's blood has covered all your sins. His resurrection has proved that he has defeated death forever and christ has conquered by his obedience and he now lives and reigns for all eternity so jesus reigns over all things and the ascension proclaims that he rules and governs all things for the benefit and for the good of the church both uh, corporately all of us and also individually. He he rules for our good. And that's very important for us today. It may look like your life is going downhill. Health problems, maybe financial problems, or family, or relationship problems, or any number of other problems. We look at the world. We see the chaos and confusion. Doesn't it feel like We have been staggering from one catastrophe and crisis to another without fully having recovered from the last one. And what about the church? From our perspective, it may look like the church is on its last legs. Numbers are way down. People aren't coming. Pastor preaches a sermon about coming to church and he gets less people out than he did on the last midweek service. So people can be discouraged. Pastors can be discouraged. Has Christ forgotten us? Are we wasting our time? Am I preaching into the air? Right? The ascension is a pause to remind us, don't worry. Do not be afraid. Christ now reigns over all this mess. He's in control. He knows what he's doing. His name is far greater than the name of any pastor or prophet, priest, or religious person. He reigns over every king, every authority, every premier and president, every mayor and every angel and devil, even every virus. You name it, Jesus Christ reigns over it. They're all under His feet. The same feet that were nailed to the cross to save you. So to confess that Jesus has ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God is to claim that God has exalted him. The same Jesus who welcomed sinners, who suffered and died uh, because he was rejected by this world, that same Jesus is now exalted in the very presence of God as the king. So the ascension tells us that Jesus is still in charge. And it means, if Jesus is still in charge, it means that we owe Jesus our complete and undivided loyalty. Because He is the King, not us. And if we owe Him our loyalty, that means we must do what He says. And that means we must learn what He tells us to do. This means that Christianity is not about going to heaven when you die. That's an important part of it. But Jesus has a a lot to say about how you live your life until the moment of your last breath. And your job is to listen to him, because he is your king. And yet, that king also died to save you because of his exceedingly great mercy. Christ works all things out for the good of God's people. When you hurt, he knows it. And he's working it out. Your king, Jesus, knows your weaknesses. He'll give you the strength to do what he asks and the endurance to get to the end. And the ascension is important because it gives us our mission. Until Christ comes again, the church must get on with Telling others about Jesus. That's our mandate. That's our mission. Some organizations, maybe some of the ones you know of or have been part of or are part of, have mission statements and vision statements. Right? Have you heard these things? What's the churches? Some churches will have fancy pants vision statements. I want you to consider... Jesus doesn't leave his disciples in our text just staring up into space. He doesn't leave them like that. Not even the angels who are there talking to them leave them like that. That, What do they tell them? They say, why are you staring up into the sky? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven is going to come the exact same way back. He will come with clouds descending at a time and date you do not and cannot know so in the meantime for as many days as we have you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in all judea into the furthest part of the earth that's our mission statement that's our vision Our job is to make disciples by baptizing and teaching. Our job is to preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name to all nations. It couldn't be more straightforward than that, could it? We don't need a mission statement or from some fancy program. The church has it straight from the mouth of the king. We are to be his witnesses, to witness to him and about him. To be a witness for Christ is to bring a really simple message to the world. We are all guilty of high treason against the Creator God. Yet Jesus Christ is the Son of God come in the flesh. He died to pay for your sins. He was resurrected, and now Jesus was, has been exalted to heaven. And He calls us to repent of our sins, believe in Him, and receive forgiveness. That is good news. There's no ladder to climb, no hoops to jump through, just a person to receive, and if you have received him, you have everlasting life. God does not spread that good news by sending out angels to proclaim it with trumpets. No, he doesn't even send angels to write it on messages in the clouds. He doesn't even put it on Twitter. God chooses to use us Despite our very demonstrable weaknesses, he chooses to use us. Now today, many Christians shy away from that, right? It scares them. They they think that maybe they don't know enough. They're not equipped enough to do such things. I've heard it all. I don't know the Bible that well, Pastor I don't have a theology degree, pastor. What if they ask me some deep theology question I don't have the answer to? God does not call all Christians to be scholars. He doesn't even call us to have all the answers. It does not take a comprehensive knowledge of the Bible or a theology degree to tell people about Jesus. Like a witness in court, You're supposed to tell what you have seen Jesus do for you. All you're asked to do is to be a witness. A witness tells the truth about what he sees. A witness tells the truth. He gives testimony about what he has observed. Others have to weigh the value of that testimony, whether or not it's to be believed or if they accept it. But the witness simply tells the truth. So your job, each one of you, is to tell the truth about what God has done for you in Jesus. Atheist, comedian, Penn Jillette, I'm going to paraphrase him. I should have looked up the quote ahead of time. It says that he does not respect any Christian who does not attempt to share their faith. Now, he doesn't believe anything, but he doesn't respect any Christian who wouldn't do that. Why? Well, if you believe that I'm going to die and go to hell and burn forever, why in the world would you not tell me about how to get out of that? Common decency would say, if you believe that, you would attempt to help me to get out of it. And so he says he does not respect any Christian who doesn't share their faith. And sharing your faith is that easy. It's very simple. I believe in Jesus. He died for my sins. He forgave me. And you know what? He can forgive you too. Jesus commissions us not to build empires, but to confront sinners with the message of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And we will receive power by the Spirit to spread that gospel throughout the world. He doesn't even promise us church growth, did you see? He promises us, he, he wants us to be his witnesses. And until he comes, that's our job. Christ will come personally, visibly, and gloriously. Meanwhile, we have a job to do. And so, you don't have to worry about the future. You don't have to fear death or the devil, the world and all its hostility and all the chaos going on. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ now reigns in glory. And all of that is to save you. The of God which passes all understanding Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfen R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to to having you with us again next time.